This message is brought to you by Mill City Church in Lowell, Massachusetts. For more information, please visit millcitychurch.net. Ready to study God's Word together this morning? And turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 8. The book of Isaiah, chapter 8. This morning, we're going to focus our attention on verses 11 through 15. And so as we start our time together in the Word this morning, I want to go ahead and read the passage, and uh, then we'll dive in and see what God might teach us from it this morning. Beginning in verse 11 of Isaiah chapter 8, the Word of God says, For the Lord spoke thus to me with his strong hand upon me, and warned me not to walk in the way of this people, saying, Do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy, and do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. But the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. And he will become a sanctuary, and a stone of offense, and a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel, a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And many shall stumble on it. They shall fall and be broken. They shall be snared and taken. So over the past couple of weeks, I have laid the predicate down of what it means to remain steady in a chaotic and confused world. This morning, I want us to turn our attention and to see the danger, to realize the danger of living in the middle of a world of misinformation. Rewind back to 2016. The United States of America was in the throes of a, another combative presidential election. On, in, a, in the United States, each political side took to their respective echo chamber, defending their candidate at all co- costs while castigating their opponent as the greatest threat to American democracy. But across the pond, in Eastern Europe, in a small Macedonian village, a group of young people started creating what was known as pseudo-news sites. They actually created 140 different news sites and began distributing fake news stories about the U.S. presidential election, and more specifically about the specific candidates, Donald Trump and Secretary Hillary Clinton. And once they were published on Facebook, Social media algorithms took over and specifically targeted them at the appropriate audiences. So if you are someone who leans more right or more conservative in American politics, you would see on your Facebook feed stories about Hillary Clinton. And if you leaned more leftward, then you would be bombarded by fake news stories about Donald Trump. And now over the past four years, since that time, the term fake news has permeated our cultural vernacular to the point now where members of both parties, partisans on both sides of the political aisle, weaponize this term, identifying any news story that they don't like or they think that is bad to their cause, they simply label it as fake news. Then enter the conspiracy theorists. Now, conspiracy theories are nothing new. As long as there have been governments on earth, there have been those who have circulated outlandish theories about the 
inner behind-the-scenes machinations of the authorities. And both the right and the left distribute this garbage. They allege things like, well, Barack Obama wasn't really born in America, so he's not, he's not uh, able to serve as president. Or George W. Bush was really the one who orchestrated the September 11th attacks. Of course these things are garbage and they're absurd allegations from the fringes of political discourse. But what was once relegated to only the fringes of of discourse, it's now become mainstream and has become readily available because of the advent of social media. Anyone with a computer or a smartphone has access to an immediate platform from which to distribute and to read what he or she likes. And whether the misinformation originates with them or it simply passes through their digital hands via the like button or a share, misinformation and fake news, I want you to hear this this morning, misinformation and fake news has more influence, more legitimacy than ever before. And as a result, it poses great threats to you as an individual, especially as someone who wants to honor Jesus Christ. Because it does not exist without consequence. You see, the permeating presence of fake news and conspiracy theories actually threatens your spiritual, your mental And yes, even your relational health with other people. And it does so in more ways than you may think. And none of us is immune from the dangerous consequences of misinformation. And so, in the swirling vortex of lies, fake news, conspiracy theories, and misinformation, how do you stay grounded? Upon what rock can you anchor and be sure What should you believe? What can you know? What should you know? And perhaps most importantly, how should you respond? How should you act as a follower of Jesus Christ in such a vortex of misinformation? Isaiah is going to help us this morning, as well as some of the writers from the New Testament. And we're going to find out. So get your listening guides ready. Grab a pen, have Isaiah 8 open, and let's see what the Lord might teach us today. So I'm going to show us five diagnostic questions that you should ask yourself, I should ask myself, in order to anchor you to Jesus in a misinformation age. Here's the first question that I would ask you straight from the text here in Isaiah 8. Are you behaving... More like the world than you think you are. Now remember what's going on in Isaiah. God's people were a real nation state on earth. But more importantly they were a theocracy with God as their ultimate king. But they weren't satisfied with God as their ultimate king. They looked around at the other nations on earth. They looked at their adversaries who posed great threat and harm to them, and they wanted to be like those nations. Those nations have an earthly king. We want an earthly king as well. And that led to a lot of damaging ramifications. 
Time after time, God's covenant people began taking on more and more behaviors, more and more language, more and more mindsets of the unbelieving world around them rather than conforming themselves to their holy God above them. And unfaithfulness to God simply characterized so many of the people so much of the time. You and I would do ourselves well to ask this question this morning. Am I, am I behaving more like the world than I may think I am? It's easy to look back thousands of years ago and castigate the Old Testament people of God for not being more faithful to God and taking on so many of the different character traits of the unbelieving world around them. But what about you? What about me? Are we behaving more like the world than we may think? You see, we're barraged with information. Television. Movies. Newspapers. News feeds. Social media. Within social media quarters. Facebook pages. Instagram stories. Snapchat streaks. YouTube videos. You see, regardless of the medium and regardless of your age this morning, It doesn't matter. Every generation, every person on earth, every Christian this morning is bombarded with information through the specific means and platforms of media consumption. And through that consumption, you're acculturated to think a certain way, to talk a certain way, and approach other people or politics a certain way. And just like a talking parrot or a color-changing chameleon, you cannot help but mimic and take on the qualities and the verbiage of what's around you. You see and hear others denigrate people and fight with those with whom they disagree, so you do it too. You hear talk show hosts or your favorite political candidate paint a doomsday scenario about the other side, so you do it too. Everyone else slanders people. Everyone else cancels out political opponents or voices they disagree with. So why not you too? It's just simply what you're supposed to do. It's the rules of the game. Right? Wrong. Wrong. Followers of Jesus don't follow the patterns of the world. We follow the pattern of Jesus. Look again at what Isaiah says in verse 11. He says, For the Lord spoke thus to me with his strong hand upon me and warned me not to walk in the way of this people. And by implication, don't walk in the way of the people around you. Walk in the ways of God. You see, the reality this morning is there are so many of us who behave like the world and we don't even realize it. And here's the irony. Oftentimes, we do it even while espousing what we think is right. We even use the world's tactics and verbiage to advance a biblical position on any said topic. But here's the rub this morning. If we promote a biblical position while using the world's tactics, we could be no more honoring to God in the process than the pagan who advances 
ungodliness. So this morning, the first diagnostic question I would ask you is, are you behaving more like the world than you may think that you are? Here's a second question to ask yourself. Are you speaking more arrogantly than you think you are? Are you speaking more arrogantly than you think you are? Now, one of the unintended consequences of social media consumption and living in the 21st century is that social media has deputized everyday people as self-professed experts on all matters, great and small. We're not always right, but it never stops us from having an opinion. And because we have social media, we're not stopped from sharing that opinion with the world at large. Since we have the public platform, we might as well tell everybody just how good of an expert we actually are, right? Because we're the experts, but not exactly. You see, the danger of this mentality is that we presume that every opinion is equally valid. But I have a news flash for you this morning. It's not. Some opinions matter more than others. I came across this real-life story of a renowned physicist named Robert Yastro, who used to teach at Dartmouth University. He was giving a lecture in the 1980s on President Reagan's plan to develop a space-based missile defense system, which he strongly supported. And afterwards, during a Q&A session with students, a sophomore challenged Dr. Yastro's position. But he was immovable in his stance, but patiently listened to the student's rebuttal. Finally, exasperated by the situation and recognizing that the professor had defeated him in the argument, this young student simply gave up saying, well, your guess is as good as mine. To which the renowned astrophysicist replied, no, my guesses are much, much better than yours. Now, on the surface level, we might think that the professor's response is an arrogant statement. But if we're honest with ourselves this morning, we would recognize that it was the right response. Now, that's not to suggest that a renowned astrophysicist is never wrong. Of course, he can make mistakes, and of course, he may be wrong about many different topics. But it would be ludicrous this morning for you or for me to somehow suggest that my opinions or your opinions and scientific guesses on such matters are equally weighted with his, especially if you do not have the education, the expertise, and the experience in that field. But yet we make this mistake on a regular, daily basis in conversation and on social media. Conflict breaks out in the Middle East and all of a sudden everyone is a military expert strategist. There is a crisis at the United States-Mexico border and everyone all of a sudden becomes an immigration attorney. A pandemic breaks out, and all of a sudden, everyone is an epidemiologist. We speak authoritatively about subjects in which we have no formal training or expertise, 
And we think it's com- we're completely inoculated by this, and we think it's no big deal at all. But you know what the Bible calls it? The Bible calls it foolish. The Bible would call you a fool. The Bible would call me a fool with that posture. Proverbs chapter 18, verses 1 and 2. Here's what Solomon writes. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Well, apparently social media did exist in the days of Solomon. I mean, could there not be... I mean, is there a better verse in the scriptures to characterize 21st century social media behavior and thought? You see, there is both wisdom and humility, the scriptures tell us, that come from refraining from speaking authoritatively about matters in which you are not trained. Friends, there is nothing God-honoring about rejecting recommendations from experts. Right now, culturally speaking, it is totally in vogue to reject expertise and to reject authority. But I'm telling you, when we do that, especially as Christians, it does not make God smile. Think about the pandemic. If the top infectious disease expert doctor in the country who has decades of experience tells me that social distancing and wearing a mask in public will both protect and guard my health as well as protect and guard the health of those who are around me. Brothers and sisters, I'm socially distancing and I'm wearing a mask. End of story. And then someone will say, yeah, but what if he's wrong? Then that's on him. That's on him. God won't hold me responsible if he's wrong, but he will hold me responsible for my insubordination, disrespect, arrogance, and lack of humility. So refrain from speaking arrogantly speaking authoritatively about matters in which you have no expertise. It only contributes to the vortex of lies, conspiracy theories, and misinformation that we see in our culture. That leads us to a third diagnostic question to help anchor you to Jesus in a world of misinformation. Are you believing ideas that do more damage than you think they do? Are you believing ideas that do more damage than you 